This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is Let Me Tell You. Now, here's Joan Hamburg. Welcome to Let Me Tell You, our original podcast. And if you have pasta dreams, well, come on aboard and meet the pasta Grammys. You are going to cook like you were born in Italy. All of this on Let Me Tell You. When it comes to comfort cooking, no one is better at it than my guest, Vicki Benenson. She's the creator behind Pasta Grannies. We're talking about 2 million, maybe more followers across YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Her book, the first book, won a James Beer. That's a big deal in the food world. And Vicki is a frequent guest on TV. She's written up all the time. And Think how much fun it is to go all over Italy looking for these unique grandmothers who have been making pasta since they were children, some of them. And this is part of their lives. Vicky found this group of grannies, and then YouTube became very involved in this research product. And Vicky herself filmed more than 200 Italian grandmothers who make every kind of pasta you've ever thought of. And you're going to be surprised at how easy things are, like gnocchi or orchietto, you name it, and you're going to learn how to do it. There are videos. It's a perfect book, Pasta Granny's Comfort Cooking. It's something we love. And the recipes are for all of you. They're for home cooks. And the stories I love behind these women, some of them live in rural areas all by themselves. They grow everything they make, and they make it by hand. How did you get so involved in this, Vicki? Well, I noticed that it was only older women um, that were making pasta by hand, and this was about 10 years ago now. Um, I was researching another book. Um, and um, I thought, oh, someone has to make a record of this. And so I picked up a camera um, because um, the physicality of pasta making means that words aren't enough. Um, one has to film them. And I think if you go back to the very beginning of, uh, of the channel, you'll see that there's me rather frozen <laughs> with mm. what I'm filming. Um, and they've developed since then. Well. And got gradually more involved. It, and were many of them happy to do it? Did they understand what you wanted to do? Yes, yes. So it's become easier over the years because now there's a body of work that they can look at. Um, so in the beginning, we were using, uh, you know, we were filming uh, friends of friends um, or rather the grandmothers of friends. Um, so we got going, well, I got going quite slowly. It was like, you know, every couple of weeks I would, I would film someone and post it. And then it gradually uh, ramped up 
and uh, I was then sort of actively looking full-time for, for women to film so that I could um, post one every week. And I'm sure that when you went, they all wanted to feed you, so it had to be a very fattening <laughs> undertaking. Very, very. I put on several kilos. <laughs> that's... that's... I eat... <laughs> I, I um, eat when I'm uh, away on location. I eat pasta three or four times a day, um, and I'm not complaining. <laughs> not, and it's the best. Well, you know, it's so interesting because for many years, um, my daughter was involved with a, a guy Italian from Italy, and we were on some family trip. And I think it was California, and he got sick with a terrible cold. So I said, oh, my gosh, I've got to get somewhere and make you chicken soup. And he looked at me like I was from Mars. He said, chicken soup? I need fettuccine. And <laughs> I th thought that was so perfect because truly that was his comfort food. He, that's what he grew up with, and that was the answer to everything. Completely, yes. I, I absolutely sympathize with him. Of course, you can have chicken soup and fettuccine if you want. <laughs> of course, <laughs> but the, the fettuccine comes first. So I'm curious, when you do what these women have done most of their lives, making pastry by hand, or do you need special stuff? Like I've often wondered if you need a board or a special kind of flour. Mm. So, uh, so for some pasta, uh, you do. Um, but actually, if you're just starting, there are pasta shapes like cavatelli or gnocchi, um, which or um, a pasta shape that's like spaghetti called picci. Um, these are all shapes that don't need any special equipment apart from your hands. That's all you need. And a bit of space on your kitchen counter. You know, a wooden board would be helpful. But even that's not necessary. Um, and anybody can make pasta. And what about flour? Do you you talked about oh, yes. zero zero? Yes. Yeah. So so zero zero um, refers to how finely ground um, a flour is. It's actually a little bit more complicated than that, but it's that's the approximation. And so that's the equivalent of plain flour. Um, and it it has it takes what that means is how it hydrates becomes easier. Um, and, but you don't need zero zero if you can't find it. You can just go to shop and get plain flour. Mm -hmm. um, and it works. works. quite the same. And it works. Um, the Italians love a flour that's made with durum wheat, and that's especially good for pasta. Um, it gives a nice bite, and it's what all dried um, pasta that you buy in packets, that's made with durum, durum wheat flour. Mm. And how do you, do you have your own special way of telling when it's done? I mean, I just stick a fork and take one out and taste it, but everyone <laughs> likes their pasta different. Some people like it very firm. Some people like it soft. How do you yes. do? Uh, what is it done for when you start cooking? Well, well, I think you're absolutely right that in the end, it's personal judgment. Um, and that also applies to Italians um, um, cooking um, their pasta, particularly dried pasta. When it's fresh pasta, it becomes very obvious that it cooks quite quickly um, and you don't want it to go soggy. So tasting it as you go along, um, you know, the thinner it is, the more quickly you want to taste it after about 30 seconds once the um, water has returned to the boil. But it is a matter of judgment in the end.
Yeah, well, it it all sounds so perfect. And were the women, I mean, some of them, I was amazed. They're elderly women. Some of them live all by themselves and are very self-sufficient. Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. They um, they are living by themselves. And uh, what we probably don't uh, film enough of is the family behind the camera. <laughs> Right. So, uh, <laughs> so there's always a daughter or a son, you know, wringing their hands behind the, the because these women are so independent and insisting on on uh, being on their own. Or there's a very uh, Italian arrangement, which is that you divide the house up into apartments. So, um, you know, the, the nonna um, gets to have her own apartment, and that's what we quite often um, film in. So well, they retain their independence. Right, and it makes us. All want to make this. I have always loved rice balls. And mm. one of your visits was Sicilian rice balls. Yes. Is that I hard see. to yes. make? No. Um, the only skill is about being able to read a fat thermometer and make sure you've got the right temperature. Um, and then and then you're fine. You just can make sure it's hot enough for you for your arancini balls to sort of cook reasonably quickly because all the ingredients are already cooked. So you're just trying to make a nice crust with it. Mm -hmm. And do you find that the younger generation is into pasta the way their grandparents and parents grew up? Yes, I'm pleased to say that there is an interest um, by grandchildren. Um, the, the, the grandmother's daughters couldn't get out of the house quick enough. I think they wanted to leave their mother's lifestyles behind. Mm -hmm. But the younger generations have discovered um, that actually you can do both. You can have a career and also make pasta by hand. Um, you know, that whole thing. It's a weekend project for the younger generation. Right. And for the older generation, their families would always warn them, if you can't learn to make pasta, you're not going to get a man. Yes, that's absolutely right. You you will not get married unless you can make pasta properly. Um, so, yes. <laughs> and also there was no option. If you wanted to eat pasta, you had to make it. And, um, so. <laughs> it's, and yet it sounds so good. And I like the way the book is organized, too. With That's subjects good. and e the ingredients are easy to look at and go get them. So yep. it, it's very good for the home cook. Now, you know what I have yet to try, but the apricot butter fried gnocchi. Mm. I ne now, that sounded almost too good to be true. I forgot which Grammy that came out of, which kitchen. Um, so it's, that is um, from Trieste. Uh -huh. um, so the grandmother, she um, so it actually is showing kind of Austrian, um, Slovenian influence. Um, so these stuffed gnocchi are, are only found in Friuli, Giulia, Venezia. And, and so um, you can have different types of filling in the gnocchi. It can be a, a kind of fresh prune jam, or, or in uh, this case, it's a kind of apricot jam that, that she makes, and they're absolutely wonderful. And what about another grandmother doing the pork and sage lasagna? And gorgeous pictures, mm. by the way. That is yummy, right? Thank you. <laughs> yes, it's a wonderful picture of Maria um, with 
pork in and so we think the reason she puts pork in is because meat um beef is quite an expensive um meat to add to a dish so pork has a, is still a lovely flavor to give to a meat lasagna um tell me about desserts was it common after a pasta meal to sit down can when it's when you're finished eating all that good starch or spinach pie. <laughs> and then did you get desserts in most or it wasn't a big deal? So I think when you have special occasions, um, then Italians will sit down to everything. Um, so, you know, antipasti, pasta, uh, secundi, and then dolce. Um, what On a normal day, um, you won't eat the puddings. So you'll just have, an, if you've had pasta, then you'll have maybe say, fry um, some fresh gnocchi or, or, or um, not gnocchi, um, fennel, or um, uh, whether peaches are in season, something like that. Um, so the dolci are kind of special occasion things like the tiramisu, and that stems from um, grandmothers treating their grandchildren by a little bit of um, a whipped up egg with sugar, which is considered a great treat um, that, that they would give um, their grandchildren. So, so that's where we think it comes from. How did they do that? Did they scramble the egg? No, it's just raw egg yolk. They so they did <laughs> raw that. egg yolk. I don't remember reading that. They did raw egg yolk with sugar and sugar. Yes, yes. I mean, not everybody, but that's that's sort of what. Uh. Um, you know, some a lot of people, when we posted that video, a lot of people wrote in going, I remember my granny giving me this, and this is what happened. And, uh, you know, my grandmother actually put masala in it. Mm. <laughs> so it's like a zabayoni. <laughs> I know, it's all good. And the risotto, when I went to that chicken stew risotto, that was a goodie too. Yeah, absolutely. That's one that um, my family demands regularly. It's a it's a one that gets you over the fear of um, a risotto. I think it's um, make your chicken stew, uh, remove the the meat, bung some rice in, put some rice in, add a little water and wine if, if you need it, and return the meat to the uh, to the risotto, and you've got this wonderful wonderful dish. It's a great way of extending me, uh, your roast chicken or your chicken stew. Yeah, no, it sounds good, and I also liked reading about Ida. And Ida's chocolate bunet or whatever, however you pronounce it, I wanted to go right in and make that. <laughs> it's absolutely delicious. Yes, um, a, a very that was her her mother in law's recipe. And since um, Ida is what she's ninety two now, so this is an antique recipe. Hmm. <laughs> and most of them still work in their gardens, right, and grow their own ingredients. Absolutely, yes. So um, I always joke that uh, there there are no comfortable chairs in grandmothers' homes because they're all too busy. They're always moving around. They're always gardening. Um, and I think that's the key to healthy old age. They just never sit down. They're always busy in their gardens, especially their vegetables. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Did most of them, and there were hundreds of grannies that you've talked to, not everyone mm. in the book, but were most of them in good health because of their lifestyle? Yes, very much so. I think uh, when people talk about 
a Mediterranean diet, they should really be talking about a Mediterranean lifestyle. So it's not just staying active. What we notice is that uh, the women have stayed uh, very social as well with their family, with their church, um, with their community. Um, and that is as important as what they're eating. Um, so that's, it's very interesting to see that. And did your group of grannies make pizza or was that something that came after? So the, the, so the recipes in the book, we've got one with Giaconda who uh, makes a, a kind of, she's got a bread oven in her summer, um, summer kitchen, which is overlooking her little um, vineyard and vegetable garden. And so the family get together and um, make their pizza every Sunday when they're working up there, which is lovely. Um, and so that is, is, so it's not usual for, unless you have a pizza oven at your home, um, you know, you can't make mm -hmm. pizza like that. It, it does require the right equipment, that one. Right. But it is possible with a, with a pizza stone um, to, or you've got one of those tabletop ones that have become very popular these days. What are they called? I've forgotten anyway, but it's, uh, yeah, and gets the right right heat. <laughs> well, now that this is your um, second book, recipe book, pasta grannies, mm -hmm. comfort cooking. What are you up to now? So, I, what I would really like is to uh, do several things. One is film grandmothers um, from outside Italy. So, you know, there are big Italian communities in New Jersey and America in general and in Canada and Australia. So, it would be interesting to sort of film more of them, find out how their cooking is adapted to being in a new country. Um, and I would also like to have a series, of, a documentary series. Um, so, we'll see if I'm successful with that one. So, that keeps me busy. No, that should be good. And do people send you notes about grannies that you should visit? Absolutely, yes. We are, um, quite often they forget to ask the grannies, and so you know that's always a good idea. Okay. <laughs> they, <they're, laughs> so, um, but yeah, we do find grandmothers from people volunteering. Yeah, you know, it's their beloved aunt or something, and they want um, they want a record. So that's great. Well, it's a lovely book. It's got recipes that make you want to get into your kitchen and do it. And like we've had people say to us, when I make pasta, do I need this enormous pot? But you said those no. grannies didn't do that. You know, they had regular no. saucepans and things and made it work. Yes. Um, I've never seen a grandmother with a huge pot. Um, it's too expensive um, to heat water that way. Um, obviously, if you're in a restaurant or something, it's a different matter entirely. Um, but you know, for sort of family things, you do, obviously you need a, a, a reasonable size um, um, saucepan, but you don't have these huge cauldrons. <laughs> and do they salt the water a lot? Yes, they do um, more than you would think. Um, so you know, they're quite generous. I think it's that sort of principle of salt well to begin with, so you don't have to add it at the end. Well, you did a good job. The book is full of recipes. It really is comfort cooking. And you're going to be surprised how gnocchi is truly so easy to make that you it can, is. right? You go home from work and you can do it. I wonder, yeah. can you boil the potatoes ahead? 
yes. I'm, um, so that's what grandmothers do is, is uh, you know, they boil the whole potatoes. Personally, I think you can also put them in the oven and you get a nice, you know, one of the old potatoes that are nice and fluffy. Um, so that actually gets rid of a lot of the moisture, which is what you don't want. Um, so that's one way of doing an alternative. So, if you, you know, if you're going to bake a potato, add a few more and you've got gnocchi for the next meal. Right. And you add what, an egg? You can. Um, you can also add a bit of flour. Um, so I think to the a, potatoes, um, to, to the mashed potato, uh-huh. um, you add a little bit of flour. You, some people prefer to add an egg, um, and others don't. Um, I think Pina. Um, just trying to remember offhand. I think she does add an egg to her dough. I mean, that makes sure it sticks all together and, and things. But it's. Um, you you mix those all up together. You don't want to knead it too much um, because you don't want to get it kind of gluey. You want to keep it dry and nice and um, light and mm-hmm. fluffy while staying together as a as a as a, as a dough, if you like. And then um, roll your little. Uh, you, when you chop them up, roll a rope, a thick one, chop them up, and there you are, gnocchi. Yeah, <laughs> my daughter and I did that. We were so proud. We made gnocchi. It was unreal because it wasn't hard. At all. Ours looked terrible, but they tasted like gnocchi. They were delicious. Yes. Anyway. Yes, well worth doing. Well worth <laughs> it. Thank you, Vicki. Apostle Granny's Comfort Cooking. You can get the book anywhere books are sold. It's fun. It's going to be a great gift for you, too, to give over the holidays and meet this amazing group of women and read their stories, their lives, and go home and cook their food.